Just a quick announcement at the top of the show. Movies is going to be recorded and released twice a week, every week, from this point going forward. Head on over to patreon.com slash so you don't miss a single episode, and you'll also be able to get exclusive access to series like After Dark, niche influential films of the 20th century, where each month I am going to be covering an underrated or overlooked film from the 20th century that had a lasting cultural impact that maybe isn't even noticed today. There's also Glue Addict, a reality television program starring myself and Hans, and also Jake and Jerry from Civic TV, and Kenny, America's favorite, from Comfort Systems, our sketch comedy series. Go on over there again, patreon.com slash lowres, $5 and up level. You're going to get a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm probably going to give you a little bit of insight on the making of our feature film that we've been working on for the past year, Mass State Lottery. Patreon.com slash lowres. Enjoy the show. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans, who is uh, Chinese. Yes. Uh, ni hao. And we were just... right? I don't know why I'm asking you. you. (laughs) (laughs) This is your heritage we're talking about. Yeah. Ni hao. Uh, Which which month is Asian Prime Month? Is it this month? Wait, hold on. Isn't that Vietnamese? Oh. uh, uh, I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm a really bad Chinese person. Uh, today's show is on Year of the Dragon, and, and uh, you know, coincidentally, right before we started this episode, you were talking about uh, Andrew Yang. You are talking about the, yeah. the once presidential candidate in the 2020 election, Yang Gang. Uh, a lot of people fell for that meme and bought a bunch of hats that aren't worth a damn thing nowadays. <laughs> What's going on with Yang? Yeah. Well, there's just a, a video that came out where he's getting yelled at by a little woman from New York because he... He tweeted something in support of Israel, I think, in this whole thing. So uh, they're pretty much calling him out in public. And she pretty much says like, oh, yeah, but don't worry. Don't say anything that might hurt your campaign. We get it. You know, like she pretty much throws that shit in his face. And I don't think, see, the problem with him is that I think he's too nice. Like he's whole, oh, I'm I'm, I'm this Asian guy. I'm very nice. And I'm, that's his voice. I don't think he looks good when he's being confronted by someone like that because he doesn't have the personality to to hit back yeah he's it's the so bernie just, sanders thing it's the yeah, same thing as yeah. bernie sanders when he was hosting that rally back in 2015 or 2016 mm-hmm. and two black women charged the stage and were like trying to you know tell him what's what not knowing grab the mic like, and everything right yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> alfred him and he was like all right let's let them speak and then they just said fucking gibberish for 35 minutes and people gradually left it was like you got cucked you look like a fucking loser like a weakling uh you couldn't affirm yourself in the moment when it counted even if this is like a meaningless thing it's not meaningless uh it just showed what kind of uh a backbone bernie sanders had Mm -hmm. which was no backbone and that's why he lost that's why he was sucking hillary's dick in the debates well that's why imagine people from new york voting for someone like andrew yang though i'll vote for andrew yang but you're this, not a this, New Yorker. This, yes, I am. I'm a New Yorker. I can vote. I can absolutely okay. vote. Who am I going to vote for? Gallo's not running. Gallo toyed with the idea for a second. He wouldn't get elected anyway, though. He's a, he's a Republican. Uh, so who, who are the options here? All terrible. All people that are going to fucking set the, the city back even worse than, than de Blasio has. So What's it like now? What's awful? it like now when you walk out of the street? Are you afraid? Do you I'm not feel afraid. Like I don't look like you. I don't look like Yang. I'm safe. (laughs) 
Haven't you seen oh, the fuck. videos? There's a yeah. target in mind. It ain't me. Yeah, I'm big though. So they don't know what to do. They're like, they're like, wait, um, mm, no, it's fine. They just well, move I, on to if, the If I saw you on the streets or... in New York, I think you're like Puerto Rican probably. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you don't know what it is, it's just like, it's a lot of mixing. It's like, well, something Latin, I guess. Sure. Because that's where I mean, everyone ends up. Right. <laughs> With the mustache right now, you kind of have like a Ming the Merciless from, from yes. what was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very pointed it's not like mine where it kind of like fluffs yeah. up Your, yours because, is very sharp it's because it's not thick so this is not thick hair this is just long hair so this hair that you see down here is coming all the way from up here mm. so it's just one long hair that goes down so it looks very pointy I, I'm, I'm trying to uh to grow a fu manchu so i can look more chinese uh but uh it's it's it's, it's pretty close really great I yeah. think if you got rid of the beard, it would emphasize it more and you would be able to pull that off. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know about pulling it off, but. Well, yeah. you know, speaking of Asians in New York and Chinatown, we are talking about You're the Dragon, which is a, a Michael Camino film from the 1980s starring Mickey Rourke. Now, uh, we decided about this film on the fly. I kind of decided about it because I watched yeah. it back in, I think, February. Uh, it's maybe my favorite Michael Camino film. Um, Maybe. I'd have to think about that. Deer Hunter is obviously a classic. Uh, Heaven's right. Gate, people have started to warm to. I have not. Um, but uh, Year of the Dragon is, is maybe a personal favorite of mine, even if I can concede that the Deer Hunter is his technically best film. This is it. I'll give it to you fast. There's a new marshal in town. Me. I'm tired of all this Chinese this, Chinese that. I got a complaint about you already. You think gambling, extortion, corruption, or kosher? You're only meant to shake up the gang kids. You're not special. You're not beyond the law. That is the way the game is played. I've been in the job 15 years. I know all the stories. We're Chinese mafia. My heart has been broken a hundred times. The investigation's in your mind. I've got scar tissue on my soul. You don't like it? Resign. You're a great cop, but nobody likes you, Stanley. Point here is you cease and desist. Nobody wants to win this thing, do you? You care too much, Stanley. Maybe everybody's right. I'm chasing something that doesn't exist. This is not the Bronx or Brooklyn. It's not even New York. It's Chinatown, right? It can be very easy or it can be very hard. Chimino, Academy Award-winning director of The Deer Hunter, comes a powerful and provocative new film, Year of the Dragon. Starts Friday, August 16th at a theater near you. Are you familiar with his body of work at all? No, I'm, I'm looking at for it right now. Uh, it's, it's pretty limited. Silent running, having skate. Everything after Year of the Dragon is kind of irrelevant. He, he, he enters more of a John Hughes-style uh, phase where for a decade or so he is one of the main players and then once the 90s hit he is rendered irrelevant he looks like a, a mix between john belushi and uh, uh um what's the snl guy that got married to a hot woman that you posted about in the group john lovitz yes it's like a john lovitz slash john belushi i've never seen what he looks like it's very have you hold Italian. on you're, you're looking at an old photo of him yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check no. out recent Michael Camino. Yeah, he looks like uh, 
he looks like um what's it take Tig Notaro <laughs> either Tig Notaro or Yoko Ono um no I, I mean I've only I've only seen uh oh, Deer Hunter and Silent Running from those and I I mean they're both pretty good I is he dead yeah he died recently he died a couple of years ago okay yeah I'm not very I'm not familiar I'm not, I wasn't even familiar with that name to be honest but I uh I think this is going to be one of those movies where they disagree completely. Oh yeah, yeah, I, ha I have oh, yeah. a feeling. Uh, well, oh, what yeah. he's what he's infamously <laughs> cited for is killing the new Hollywood movement. So um, we've, I mean, we've talked about a little bit on the show. I've talked about quite a lot on my channel about how Dennis Hopper and Warren Beatty and uh, George Lucas, uh, Scorsese, all all the big directors of the nineteen seventies came in and replaced the old Hollywood that was uh, propped up for the first half of the 20th century. And uh, there was so much independent freedom among the directors of that era, and it came to a crashing halt. And his movie, Heaven's Gate, is cited as the wall that was put up right at the end of the 1970s and in the early 80s that resulted in that crash and why the studios resorted to commercial fare and uh, Star Wars sequels, Indiana Jones, all these big blockbusters that were reliable money makers because Heaven's Gate was a big critic. Uh, it was a critical failure and it was uh, more uh, a financial that's, failure. That's the one that has like a really good documentary about it, right? It might. The one that's a, it's a movie that that cost a, a lot of money, and then there was a lot of reshoots that had to be done, and then it made no money at all. I don't think so. I I, I don't think that was the case with Heaven's Gate. Um, you might be, I, I whatever you're describing That's sounds vaguely movie. familiar, but I, I don't think it's Heaven's Gate. You're, are you talking about the Richard Stanley uh, Island of Doctor Moreau? No, no, no. Uh, no, because I saw it recently. Uh, the, Heaven's Gate. It's, it, it's an old documentary. Uh, no hmm. yeah i don't know because it was, it was about a western starring who stars in heaven's gate uh chris christopherson christopher walken yeah. uh i'm pretty sure i saw a documentary about that Maybe. there could be one it, it's very uh it's i mean it's a piece of film history regardless of its critical perception i tried watching it after checking out the deer hunter uh late last year and I just couldn't, I couldn't connect with it. Uh, uh, yeah, I've never seen it. It's just long, right? It's just very it's, long. It's a fairly just... long movie. Yeah, Criterion issued um, a restoration somewhat recently as well. But uh, yeah, no, I, it, it's just, uh, I, it, it's a movie I'm probably going to have to give a, a second chance to that, uh, you know, there, there's so much of it that I just also had a hard time uh, keeping my concentration centered mm. on it. So is it considered uh, the end of that because of it bombing? Yeah. And the creative freedom that the director was giving, uh, you know, wasn't worth all the trouble that it went through to make no money? More or less, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like an early version of the Snyder Cut, I guess, except they gave him total creative liberty. The movie came out as he wanted it, and then it just flopped. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, I, it might have been just a YouTube documentary. I'm now that I'm looking at it because there is a documentary called "The Movie That Ruined Hollywood," Heaven's Gate, 
Yeah. So it might have been that that I saw because yeah, I, yeah. I remember very distinctly that it was a Christopher and Western that, you know, was made uh, in this at the end of the 70s that just cost a lot of money and didn't recoup that money. And that the production was kind of a nightmare, too, uh, because Christopher was drunk all the time or some shit. Like, I don't, I don't remember specifically because, you know, my memory, but sure. I'm I'm kind I I'm pretty sure it's this one uh and uh yeah so I guess I guess they they realized that just going for something flashier and not maybe not so deep I guess or not so extensive will they make easier money is that right so uh in this case you know you had so many great films in the 1970s that were yeah. Um, you know, small in scope, but maybe high in budget and had some great stars backing them. And, you know, at the time, those movies often e at least evened out or made their money back uh, enough for the studios to not even worry about staying afloat. And uh, Michael Camino was kind of untouchable after Deer Hunter because he did this big three hour epic with Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken, Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah. And it it cleaned up at the awards and it was a, a box office success, I believe. <clears throat> and so they said, you know, back then you, you, you pull off one hit, you can do whatever you want. And so he had this grandiose vision in mind for heaven's gate. And uh, if I've read correctly, people had it out for the movie before it was even released. Uh, typically, and especially back then uh, critics for whatever reason would we'll get it in their head that something was poised for for failure if it took too long or it was too complicated behind the scenes i know this was the case with eyes wide shut they were like well there must be some trouble happening here it's taken kubrick years to finish to just shoot the movie let alone right. finish it and he didn't even really <laughs> technically finish it he died before uh the final cut was released so uh that was the case with that um and you know you can go down the list of movies where it's an epic and there are all kinds of troubles plaguing the production and the critics are almost hell-bent for whatever reason to ensure that the narrative is consistent all the way to the end yeah um i uh i started watching this and i really liked the the vibe of it i it gave me a very uh big trouble in little china feel at the beginning so i was with it but I, I just, I had a You're big talking about issue. You're the Dragon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, sure. I don't know if we should get into the movie already. I, I don't really, I haven't seen Heaven's Gate, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what much I can add to that, uh, to what you're saying. But um, this year, the Dragon movie, uh, the first five minutes, I was really excited about. And as soon as Nikki Rourke came on screen and started talking, my interest faded immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very familiar with his early work, uh, but I just this found is him it. To yeah, I mean, look, Mickey Rourke actually. I mean, he was acting in the early. He was in Heaven's Gate as well in a very small role, but I mean, he only started acting. I think in the early '80s. He might have a couple of credits from the late '70s, but in terms of leading roles, especially, it it's really. Yeah. This might be the start of it. I, I would have to take a look at Pope of Greenwich Village and, and see when that came out. Okay, because I I think this movie, per, for, for me, because I know that you really like it, uh, it, it I, I think I would have liked someone 
a little bit more charismatic as a main actor. But at the same time, I don't know if it's an issue with his performance or the way that the character was written because I couldn't find anything likable or that I could care about the character for me to care about his whole relationship drama that was like the main thing of the story halfway in. Uh, Are you talking about lost... his failing marriage or, or his they, relationship with the Dude, reporter? they lost me completely. Uh, when it comes to his marriage and his relationship with the Chinese girl, like I, I could have done without that shit. Like I was more interested in obviously the, you know, the gangs and the killings and the interesting thing in the movie. But I feel like they focus too much on, you know, his wife is kind of a bitch, but is she right? We don't know. Is he just being a dick or is he just, you know, uh, uh, an absent husband, you know, because we never see him being absent. This is the first interaction they have together. They're already fighting. Right. But the fighting always feels like she's the one attacking him and he's just sitting there like, well, you know, well, you know, just like barely reacting, just like, oh, well, this or just like with that. Uh, so I, I, I was never able to connect with him and his personal story. I could have do without it. That's half of the movie. Uh, right, that, yeah. that was that was that was my problem that we they focus too much on that and it jumps it jumps from from bad to good to bad to good too quickly like the way that they switch between the chinese girl being like oh you're a piece of shit blah blah, blah. and then two minutes later they're fucking and she's like i love you it's just like what what is happening what is this you know like that relationship it's was a very, complicated like, relationship it's the 1980s uh, it's, they're different races you know, I really like that element of this is that he's so belligerent. He's like, yeah, I fought in Vietnam. I fucking hate your people. You make me sick. And then he'll just like show up at her apartment and be like, yeah, I live here now. We're doing a steak. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, well, I have no one else. So I, I guess I'm staying here. And she's like, no. That's so 1980s though, to be like, <laughs> yeah. you're Chinese. I fought in Vietnam. Uh, I just hate you because that's close enough, you know? Um, and, and, and there, the, I mean, I think, uh, a lot of the relationship shit is, uh, very interesting specifically between his wife and him and also the friend who's kind of implied to be fucking her yeah. and have yeah. a thing on the side. And you kind of understand her point to a degree. If he's like bringing her, he's like, oh yeah, we're going to this Chinese restaurant. Yeah. I'm taking you out <laughs> on the town. Actually, I got to pull this guy aside. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to threaten him and find out what's what. Oh, you just, you got an order? All right, no, we got to go. We got to get out of here. So that was date night. He's such a piece of shit husband in this he movie. Is. <clears throat> he is. It, I, think it, I think it adds a, a great layer. And also, what winds up happening to his wife, I did not expect when I was watching it. And it's, uh, it's not something you would find, I think, in a modern movie. Not it all. is yeah. such a dark and grim resolve to that, that relationship. See, but then after that, there was a huge disconnect there for me because at no point of the movie, I felt like uh, Mickey Rourke's character, I forgot the character's name, uh, that he cared about his wife or his relationship at all. Because even when they were fighting, he was kind of indifferent as to what she was saying. I'm sure that because he's sick of her, right? Just right. always. But after that, she gets killed. And then all of a sudden, he's like, heartbroken and can't even look at anyone because he's gonna cry and then there's this dramatic funeral scene with the chinese girl that's like being held back or whatever and it's just like what at what point no, see, are we I, supposed I, to believe i really that like cares? all that i like that a lot yes because it's, I, see, I think I, it's true to reality because if you're a dude with a piece of shit like gross she's supposed to be 35 years old yeah. his wife is like 50 yeah yeah 50 <laughs> she's like i'm sorry we didn't have kids or we can't have kids it's like yeah because your your eggs are fucking 
dust now, lady. It's not because you're 35. Stop telling me you're 35 years old. You're not. So clearly he has a failing marriage, but he doesn't like hate his wife. He just doesn't have time for it. And she's not sexy to him. And it's, it's a declining relationship. And so when she dies and she, she has a grisly unexpected death because members of the Yakuza or, or what the triad, excuse me. Yeah. Follow him home, try to kill him and kill his wife. And, uh, Obviously, he survives that interaction. Well, he's not banking on any of that happening. He doesn't want his wife to die. So, of course, he's no. going to be heartbroken about that. And I moreover... Mean, at, no, at no point we see that he cares about her staying alive. He He's like, when she's fighting him, he's like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm just going to go and fuck my Chinese girlfriend now. So I'm <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. bounce and, and he just goes and does that. But that's, so. but that's, that's, that's exactly true to how many like 40 year old guys out there with like a trashy 27 year old girlfriend and a 50 year old wife who's just like nagging all the time. 35. Do that. 35 year old 35. wife, 61 year old wife. Uh, right, would just be they, like, they... yeah, I can, I can go hang out with a much better looking girl. Who's not going to give me this shit right now. And I'm just yeah. going to leave. I'm going to excuse myself from the situation. That's a lot yeah, of guys. I... That's a lot of guys that age. Yeah. I, I just, I just couldn't connect with, with him at all. I guess I just didn't care. And then when, so whenever he would get into very dramatic scenes of him caring about something, all of a sudden I was like, I don't believe you. But like, no. to, to what you were saying with her showing up at the funeral as a reporter mm-hmm. and then that whole scene with that d- drama there where she's like taken aback, like she finds out, it's always like she's got this relationship built in her head and then he's mourning his dead wife. And when he gives her a kiss, it's like, oh, he cheated on me. Like she's got yeah. that stunned, I think that's, fantastic and it shows the true nature of like human selfishness and how it's irrational and i don't think a lot of films do that a lot of films do not show true cowardice or true selfishness and i think this movie exemplifies the latter very well both with his character and her character well he he's definitely very flawed uh which is why i i i I found it difficult to uh, or or i I was confused by the fact that i couldn't connect with him because usually flawed characters are the ones that i go to but sure i i don't know if it was just the way that he was portraying the character i just couldn't like it felt like a like an andrew dice clay impression the whole time <laughs> you know where where he's he's uh, yeah i don't know I, I and i'm not familiar with him other than the wrestler i've seen less than zero i think i saw once he wasn't in uh, less he, than zero that was that was robert was downey on? jr no that's all oh, right true James okay, well, downey. this might have been the second mickey work movie i've ever seen and I I guess I was just I I wanted to like it, but I didn't like him. So I was I I wish there was like a Jeff Bridges type of guy, like a more likable guy, uh, to be that flawed character because I just couldn't I, I couldn't believe him as this like very clumsy and flawed guy, but at the same time he's like very cocky and for whatever reason it all it, it kind of works out for him at some points where you know he shows that the other cops are kind of useless and afraid of the chinese uh but i I just yeah i I didn't care about his story i i wanted more uh chinese uh triad shit like i did i don't think we got enough of that even though the movie's about what two hours well we we take a detour right with um with uh i think the actor's name is john lone that character goes off to make a deal and uh, like spares one guy and then just presents a severed head to prove a yeah. point. 
uh, his character is, is like very badass, very cool, not very uh, typical that you would find in one of these types of films that are uh, based in Chinatown and deal with the triad. So I, I, I agree. I do think that's a that, that's a strong point. Uh, Mickey Rourke's character <clears throat> is probably not the most developed, I'll agree. Uh, but I think we get so much depth from the peripheral characters that are in his life. Like, again, mm-hmm. his wife and his girlfriend and his little partner who winds up getting killed as a result of his own obsession with this case, uh, the yeah. little Asian guy who oh, so tries funny. to make it a point that, <laughs> that he's not going to die for this case and then winds up well, being a he casualty. Gives an, he gives an impassionate speech about Asian Americans in the States and how we build the trains. And I'm not going to be, you know, hurt by this. So another white man, blah, blah, blah. And then he steps out of the street and a Chinese guy shoots him like eight times in the face. Like that was more shocked by that. But the fact that they showed like the gunshots in his face and everything. Yeah. I was like, how is he still standing? Like he gets shot like eight, 10 times uh, in that. So that was kind of shocking, but it was funny to me because he just, gave us an Asian American history. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> then he just gets murdered by another Asian American. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, what did you think about the the direction in general? Uh, we're talking a lot about the characters and about the, mm. the storyline around uh, the, the central players in the movie. But what, what did you think of uh, Michael Camino's direction? It definitely has that, that uh, greedy feeling that most movies of the time have uh, very realistic and D- dirty and gritty, I guess. Um, I, uh, I I I can't uh, commend the director 100% just because I didn't like Mickey Rourke's performance, but I think that the way it was shot uh, for this type of detective or cop type of movie is uh, was great, uh, and uh, it reminded me of uh, what's the movie that we made um, that was kind of greedy 80s too uh uh that had like a killer that there's a fight in an alleyway very dramatic fight in the alleyway. is this mass state lottery what are you, what are you talking no, about no was it that like we par- made no that we that we uh covered did a, a yeah was it like paradise something or something like that it was like an 80s greedy movie where there where there's a killer that's a karate killer remember? oh oh the last episode of movies fear city yeah no i oh, agree right, yeah this this definitely falls in line with that whole texture and aesthetic that uh, i think well actually funny enough uh this movie was not shot in new york city even though it takes place in it and it doesn't look like new york city i think at any point it looks somewhere like i think they they actually might have shot this in virginia it looks like washington dc at some some point yeah. <clears throat> and the funny history about this is Abel Ferrer, who you're, you're talking about, who directed Fear City, um, essentially, you know, he 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 stole a lot of the cast and, and production people on this movie because he knew that this was happening. He was like, all right, well, they just transported all the actors from New York over to Virginia or wherever they were shooting. He's like, well, I'll do my own Chinatown movie. Uh, and he does China Girl a couple of years later, which is just Romeo and Juliet and... Uh, it's about the Italian falling in love with the Asian, and then there's a you know gang war, and it's not as well done. Uh, it's all right. I mean, I'm I'm partial to Abel Ferrer, so I'll give him a pass no matter what. It's certainly not a bad movie. You got David Crusoe being like a little like dick in that movie. He's uh, always a fucking weasel, um, and it has like essentially like fifty percent of the cast of this movie, and it's the same themes and everything else, but not as well done. 
Um, and that's also kind of uh, rare to find nowadays, China Girl, on uh, any yeah. sort of physical media or streaming. So uh, to, to what you were saying before, though, uh, the movie Fear City, yeah. So this definitely plays into that kind of texture, I think, that is established between Abel Ferreira and Michael Mann and Michael Camino in this movie. And there was a, there was a tremendous uproar about this film before its release uh, by liberals, by people who were complaining that it was a racist film, that there were racist contents to it. And it is, I mean, look. When was this come out? 70 what? 80 what? 80, 85 or 86. Weird. Okay. Even back then, you would get in trouble. There's actually a pretty good interview with Mickey Rourke on, I think, Larry King dissecting a lot of the criticism and dismissing it, which is not something that occurs right. often yeah. these days. Uh, also, for the record, uh, Pope of Greenwich Village came out in 1984. That's Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts. And... Um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to take the complete opposite stance of you and say that Mickey Rourke, especially Mickey Rourke's 1980s run, is one of my favorites of any actor because he is like a, a he plays all these unlikable roles. But I disagree with you that he doesn't have any sort of like charisma to back it up. I think between this well, movie, well, I'm just saying in this one, I don't I'm not familiar with his. I just couldn't get into him here. It's also really jarring, I guess, because I know him as the weird looking guy from The Wrestler. And then you, right. see, you see handsome Mickey Rourke and you're like, who the fuck this guy? Like that yeah, does it's not a... look at all like the monster that we have now. <laughs> it's it's really unfortunate that he has uh, taken the, the career turn that he has because he's a, an extremely talented actor. And I think between this movie and Pope of Greenwich Village in nine and a half weeks, and also Angel Heart, which is not a movie that I particularly like. It's kind of uh, like a, a, I guess, a better version of Shutter Island. He's, uh, nine, he's... Of a half, nine and a half week, the fucking movie. Yeah, the, the fucking movie. That's right. Yeah, when yes. they fuck on the stairs and shit. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen those scenes. And there is no movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I mean, what you're referencing right there is like they're they're getting chased by some robbers who just tried to mug <laughs> Kim Basinger, and then Mickey Rourke and her beat them up, and then they fuck in the rain on a staircase in in a yeah. silhouette lighting, and it's so dramatic. That's um, I think what was it? Adrian Lyne might have directed that, who did something like Fatal Attraction uh, and a couple of other I movies. Mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Adrian Lyne, yeah. Also, the entire premise of that is stolen for Fifty Shades of Grey. His name is Grey in the movie. And he's like, uh, it's kind of like BDSM light where he makes her do shit. And then the the whole, you know, relationship he has with her comes to an end because he invites some like dirty, gross Mexican hooker into their hotel room to play with her tits or something. <laughs> and she's like, what? Okay. What? I didn't agree to this. She's got a blindfold on. She's not into it at all. It's just Did like some those... Times Square hooker. Did you see those Grey movies? Uh, no, I did not. I, have okay. you? I've seen the first one. Oh, geez. I fast, I fast forward through it. It's oh. terrible. It's so, it's so bad. It, it, um, it's just for horny old ladies. Like that's it. It's for like horny, you know, maybe not even old ladies, but like forty year olds. You know, their husband doesn't really fuck them anymore that much. It's just, Mickey Rourke's wife in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Just angry. Just like, why wouldn't you fuck me? Like that yeah, type of way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not very good. Which is not a surprise, I guess. Erotica <laughs> really has been carved out for just elder women, huh? For just 40 to 65-year-old women. 
I mean, that's the audience, right? Yeah. I, uh, when I used to work at Amazon, I remember that, um, that we would get a lot of calls from older women about uh, PDFs not working or eBooks not working. And it was usually romance or, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, but the guys fuck type of novel <laughs> or like Vikings, but his dick is huge. That type of thing, you know, a shirtless man on the cover. Yeah, uh, and, I think it, uh, I think it's a, a kind of a feminine thing to be into the. I mean, I I would have to imagine if you're reading that, you're kind of vicariously living through the character, right? I guess so. Yeah. And so you're you're kind of role playing with the author, where they're presenting the situation. You're navigating that as bland woman from Fifty Shades of Grey. Like that's the yeah. only way. It's it's all I guess a psychological trick you're playing on yourself. Well, that's the thing about Fifty Shades of Grey that I always thought was hilarious, that the book is supposed to be like this sexy, you know, uh, uh, horny book. And then you see the author, you're just like, oh, I don't want to know that this is a person that thought all of this shit because, uh, you know, just like a yeah. gross fat woman. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, mm. but I guess, you know, good for her. She's a millionaire now, so good on yeah. her thanks to, I, I, it thanks to mickey you know ward maybe that's what we need to do maybe that's what we need to move headshot to e erotic uh for older women i don't you know? i really don't think so i think mandy defenders <laughs> get that market covered so um why we bother i mean we will have to get ripped right to start in, in <laughs> yeah so no we'll put jake on the up. on the cover of every novel <laughs> yes just, shirtless jake hair just his hair is just flowing. He's, and he's just... perfect for that. He's perfect for that. Let's we'll get Jerry to write it because he's the role play guy, right? We could we, this could actually be a serious business venture. There it is. Yeah, we just do do it for YouTube. There's an elderly YouTube community, I'm sure, of just horny old women. Yeah, this is young Jake with no hair on his chest, <laughs> <laughs> flexing. <laughs> Uh, just to get back to the movie. So I, I guess your problem with it was that his, his character was really the biggest fault for you. You just couldn't, <clears throat> couldn't connect with that. I couldn't care. I couldn't connect with him as, uh, I could connect with him as a cop because he was able to see how incompetent everyone else was. And I really liked that, uh, scene at the beginning where he shows up and, the uh, elder, uh, Chinese men i don't know how else to call them uh they pretty much tell him uh-oh uh-oh your connection you're hold on can't hear you this is no good oh boy hans's connection has uh has failed unfortunately and i just uh, couldn't like that's when yeah hold, hold like on. if, if we, could... oh, no, 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 wait, we gotta we gotta stop real quick because you just oh, froze up you froze up pretty bad right there okay. and i don't know what zoom captured and didn't capture but you froze i couldn't hear anything to a point it's my okay. connection it told me it was my connection i don't know if it was still recording me or what so could you just repeat what whatever you just said yes okay so what i said was that i really liked the scene at the beginning when he goes to the uh the room where the chinese elders are uh, and then they pretty much tell him like, well, this is how things have worked out for a long time. So deal with it. And he says, well, no, like you guys are not above the law. Fuck it. You know, you're not, what did he say? He says something like, you're not different than Puerto Ricans or something like that. You're not above the law. 
Uh, and I like that a lot because it showed who he was as a cop, right? Just a young, up, up, well, young-ish. Well, he's, no, he, like, that's the thing. He's young in this movie. And maybe that uh, he's trying to play older, like not right. even the blonde hair, the, the clearly yeah. like fake hip blonde hair for 1985. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that doesn't bad. help. Yeah. But I like that. I wanted to see more of that. But as soon as they moved to uh, personal life and, and relationship drama, like I would completely lose interest. Um and I thought that they could have done a lot of more interesting interesting things with the triads and their violence, uh, because every time they popped up, uh, it was engaging because of how violent and how they did not give a fuck. And they showed everything, too. Uh, so I think making that monster or that villain stronger would have made this work better for me instead of focusing so much in, you know... Uh, his wife is unhappy and does he care? Does he not care? And now he has a Chinese girlfriend that hates him or wait, she loves him. Wait, we don't know. So that, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't connect with that, with that relationship shit. So I enjoyed like what an hour of the two hours. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever they would go to police stuff, I, I liked it. I liked his interaction with everyone else and how he was very like non no nonsense type of cop and everyone else was kind of cucky around yeah. him. I, I like the fact, well, I, I, I've already stated that I like all the relationship stuff that's in this yeah. movie and the, the interpersonal mingling that occurs with this character, if only because it shows that he is not exactly, he might be noble in his pursuit, but he's certainly not noble in his pursuit because it does impact his personal life in a major way where right. his wife is killed his friend is killed and his, his girlfriend is raped by a gang. Just ra they, they didn't really even need to include that part. That was I'm not, I'm not odd. one for, yeah, I, look, that... I'm not one for movies where, <laughs> or rather discussions where it's like, was that really necessary for the movie? Yeah. Was it necessary to include the rape scene? I hate when people say there's nothing necessary about a movie. It's all, look, everything serves a function in creating like a vibe, okay? Yeah. Everything is about you're visiting a place when you go and watch that movie. That So that contributes to it, even if you're maybe not understanding that. Like, oh, why was he playing with his watch for three and a half minutes? I don't understand. You could have done without that. Maybe you couldn't have. I don't know. It might not be the same experience. But in this case, it has no real repercussion. She just kind of yells at him afterward. It, and uh, yeah. it's like, all right, so she's not going to get banged up. She's not going to be put in the hospital. Uh, it, it was apparently a pretty uh, relatively peaceful raping because she didn't have a black eye the, or anything right so that's the i thing. mean what's what, why 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 have this component right at the very end when we already have so much that has happened yeah. right they they didn't give a shit about his wife's uh, uh life at all they killed her yeah. with ease they let her live yeah. i don't know it, it just it, felt it, tacked on it felt it felt like they just i don't know uh trying to make it bigger than it was but at the same time i i couldn't figure out if she was just making it up to get a reaction out of him because the way that she presented that she was raped was like damn well i got raped <laughs> it's like it's like all right is that, that honestly, that's your reaction <laughs> honestly <laughs> you know? that would make me like the movie more because that's even more realistic <laughs> she just she's a bpd journalist where it's like oh so you kissed your dead wife huh well actually i got raped and it's your yeah. fault. She's just gaslighting him. That would make so much sense. That that would fucking that would yeah. rule. For, but for that's not how they played it, though. They played it as well. How, you know, look, that's the version of my head. Now we didn't see the rape. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. That's, a, that's why it really caught caught me off guard because 
you know, rapes are usually presented as a big thing in movies because they are, <laughs> they are pretty serious. But here, Mickey Rourke was like, oh yeah, yeah, well, you got raped, you know, that sucks. They're Asian, yeah, they have little dicks, it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> it's like, with that little dick, did you feel it? Nah, it doesn't matter. You know, like it, yeah, it, it yeah. wasn't nothing. So we, that's why it felt so odd, just thrown in there. Like, like you know. It's you, so last minute you, too. It's so last minute to everything that's occurred in the movie. And it, I, I mean, he winds up solving the case and taking down the bad guys maybe like 10 minutes later. And it's just like, it wasn't, it wasn't a component that had any real consequence on the story. Uh, the, the ending line really made me cringe. I don't know if you remember, but at the well, end when he when confronts, he confronts the other cop, right? Yeah. Because the, the, because I don't, I don't remember what the other cop says, but he pretty much tells him like, you know, I'm, I'm a real cop and you're not bitch, ha, or whatever. And then the Asian girl grabs him and he says, and I quote, I'm sorry, I'd like to be a nice guy. I would. I just don't know how to be nice. And then the movie ends. Hold, hold on. That's not uh, supposed to be the end line. Uh, you got the edited version. Oh, did I? Okay. Yes. All I, right. I, so that is not the end line. And I only know about the, I haven't seen the, the theatrical cut or what was released on VHS, but they cut out a line that the movie ends on, which is something to the effect of, you know, when you go to war with en with the enemy for long enough, you wind up marrying them. I, th I think that's the line. Something along, because he, he, he's, he's talking to his girlfriend. Let me and, see. Uh, no, no, I, no, that's a, the last thing he says is that, that I just said, and then they kiss. And he wipes the kiss off because I guess she's dirty. How did you? <laughs> <laughs> I just just saw it. But he like they kiss and then he goes <laughs> and then that's it. So oh hold hold on know. hold on a second hold on a second. The final line is, "You were right and I was wrong. I'd like to be a nice guy, but I just don't know how to be nice. Very tough guy, cool guy, Mickey Rourke, 1985. But the actual line is, "Well, I guess if you fight a war long enough, you end up marrying the enemy." Okay. And oh, I just got that last bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that got cut. That got cut because they wanted it to be a happy relationship, and uh, that was written by Oliver Stone. This whole script is written by Oliver Stone. Did you notice that? Yeah, I saw that at the beginning. What do you I think of him as a that. as a writer director? I uh, I think he's good. I think uh, for I don't I don't want to say for the time works really well. I'm I don't know what has he done. He did uh, sure Snowden. About this. I haven't seen that. Don't care for it. Uh, or w. Stone. The George W. Bush biopic. Why? Honestly, he's... <laughs> Is that the Will Ferrell one? <laughs> no, no. He got Josh Brolin to uh, play. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Why is he uh, just doing... What is he just doing? Just politician movies now? JFK documentary, the Putin interviews. He's Untold not... story of the United States. Well, he's he's never really been somebody who, who I think, gets a kick out of fiction more than, uh, like real corruption. That's always been yeah, a thing of his. I mean, even with Platoon, right? Platoon is Conan, based on his real experiences. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Was he involved in Conan? Example. Yeah, he wrote it, and uh, he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. And so John Milius was the director only. Um. Yes. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, no, he's got a lot of notable writing gigs in the 1980s for other directors. And then um, I think around the late 80s, early 90s, that's when he decides he's going to tackle 
government corruption as his primary topic of choice or political matters. Uh, I watched talk radio with with Eric Bogosian as the star somewhat recently. That is such a product of the early 90s where he's basically playing like a Howard Stern. Really, he's oh, more yeah. like Bill Maher. He's a very Bill Maher, like you're dumb. I'm smart. Listen to me. Okay. Shut up and sit down. I'm about to tell you some things. I'm going to I'm about to say what everyone's thinking, but nobody wants to say out loud. Oof, that kind of guy. This poster is really cringe. Aggressive, just... rude, arrogant, <laughs> infuriating, manic. He exists because you listen. Yeah, he's Oof. telling it like it is. You might be thinking it, but he's saying it. Oh, Barry uh... Champlain, the bloody demon scourge of talk radio. Uh, it was. It sounds was, like a bad Opie and Anthony promo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it was not not good, but it wasn't good in a way that is exclusive to today. If it was in 1992, it would be pretty good. That's okay. That, it just didn't age well because that that whole market is dead anyway. So anyway, well, are you are you looking forward to the movies about podcasters that will be coming out in the next five ten years? That was I'm tough. Sure. If they haven't. Oh, uh, that's Kevin true. Tusk. Fuck, that's or, true. That's uh, the first one, huh? The Zach Braff out of touch ABC show where he's just like, "Yeah, oh, I'm gonna yeah. make a podcasting factory for my Indian family. And we're gonna I'm make gonna a million it. dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna quit my multi-million dollar job so that I can start a podcast." <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that that's um that's tapped out. I don't I don't think there's anything that can be done with that as a subject matter or even like in the in the background. <clears throat> of a movie and have that work out as something that's relatable or interesting. Going back to Oliver Stone, I'm looking at his uh, writing, I, I guess filmography, we call it, and I, I think I like his writing a lot more than his directing, just because of how not that interested in American politics I am to sit through a three hour movie, you know? Uh, but he has a lot of really interesting things that he wrote in the 80s that show the 80s that show him to be more multifaceted than just yeah. politics. Because you have Midnight Express, you have Conan, you have Scarface, uh, Eight Mill Ways to Dice, Platoon, Wall Street, Born on the Fourth of July, The Doors movie, Conan was well, video game. Uh, and then you have Natural Born Killers, which in the middle of JFK and Nixon is like, what the fuck? You know, like it's such a weird. So his writing career, I think, is more interesting than his direct. Not saying that his directing is bad. It's just I just don't care about poli movies about politics that much. His, his so, directing to me has always been a little too on the nose. That's my problem with Oliver Stone. Is he is not one for subtlety whatsoever. And uh, I I find that you know as directors age, their minor issues when they're younger and just starting out usually metastasize into real gaping problems as as they're you know they get deeper into their filmography i know that's certainly the case with spike lee uh yeah. you know you can see flashes of of the problems that would really take form and overwhelm his movies in some of his earliest works and i think that's been the case with oliver stone where you know i haven't i haven't seen snowden but i know that was a problem with w is uh Again, what about, he, he just decays. Wall Trade Center, that Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, he, <laughs> he did that? He directed that one too. And then I, did, I didn't see that. that. Yeah, why would I have you? a DVD of that somewhere <laughs> around here. Uh, you know Trade what I Center watched one? though? 
Wall Street too. Money never sleeps, which has uh, the former president in, in that. Yes, former president Shia LaBeouf. I would love to see Shia LaBeouf become president. I think that's that's what we deserve I mean, right about now. I mean, if, honestly, after Trump, anyone could run, and why not? You know, sure. Sure. Uh, uh, but I, to, to what I was saying before, you can watch Wall Street and that's a competent movie. It's an enjoyable movie. I can say it's a good movie. Wall Street Money Never Sleeps is a good movie for the first hour and then it veers off and becomes a ridiculous piece of garbage. Let me see. I think uh, Alexander might have been the last movie that I saw that he made and I, I, I like Troy better which is I think the consensus of the entire world right because <laughs> they came out in a very similar time I think Troy was um, Wolfgang Peterson other. right uh, good question I don't know I remember the big controversy about Alexander was them cutting out his gay relationships no he oh was... no he's super gay he's super gay in this movie <laughs> Was that he only is. the? Hold on, did you see the direct? Uh, there was some kind of controversy about them cutting something, or maybe it was just including it. I don't know. Maybe it was included. Very... I remember. Yeah, he was very gay in this movie. Yeah, there's a scene where he where he has sex with a uh, Rosario Dawson. That's the only scene where he's manly, and and then the rest is just very. Um... Does he just have a soft penis throughout? Is he? <laughs> it's just what's his name too? They they got an oh, Irish hell. guy to play. Yeah, this is like this. The Irish guy to play a, a very gay man from the what 1400s or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's it's yeah, actually I, I, really crazy if you think about like American or Western culture in 2005 in terms of how it handled homosexuality versus 2008 or 2009 yeah. or really you know 2005 well, things were getting pretty progressive because of shows like uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy like they were starting to introduce that type of gay man into. Uh, pop culture but if you take a look at like 2002 or 2001 totally different country what do you think changed that brokeback mountain no brokeback mountain was was like the topic of jokes on on late night and everything still <laughs> like people were laughing at heath ledger and jake gyllenhaal for the contents of that movie uh no right. so i i don't know and that's late too that's like 2008 two five s two after five Two thousand right, two thousand five, yeah. two thousand five. Because I, I was trying to figure out when was the the divide of what well, maybe moonlight of like we're just going to depict gay relationships explicitly or you know not not be uh, Philadelphia about it you know where they don't really show anything but it's like he's gay he's got AIDS you know what I mean? Sure. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, you could you could probably make the argument for something from the eighties, right? For like a cruising type movie, but, but mainstream though. Well, cruising was mainstream. There was Al Pacino and William Friedkin, um, and it was a Warner Brothers movie. But I I, I I I get what you mean. Like that's a niche film, but before it became like, I guess the, the standard. If you're going to show something, yeah, I think it would probably be something like Milk because I remember it was a big talking point. Yeah. Well, actually, it might be Brokeback Mountain. Milk was 2008. It might actually yeah. be Brokeback Mountain. Because you at least had simulated sex between the two actors there. And then by 2008, you have James Franco and Sean Penn kissing on the mouth. Okay. Intimately. All right. Like boyfriends. All right. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, canceled James Franco. Never to be seen again. Disavowed James Franco. James Franco. Former colleague of mine, James Franco. Yeah. It's because he doesn't smoke weed, so 
you know, have to cancel him. Not that's what happens knew. when you don't smoke weed is you start schools to get to know yep. actresses and then ignore is the that, male actors that, who sign up. Is that what we did? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> you started classes to try and teach female students. Jesus adults, Christ. all adults, right. even though he did try to hook up with a 17 year old, I believe that the story actually was it was her birthday coming up and he was going to meet her after the birthday, but he was still Happy talking. Birthday, right. He was being yeah. a bad boy, that James Franco, little Jimmy Franks, and he had to go on Reeves and Kelly. And that was like, I just think it, I mean, because Kevin, it's so long ago, right? How long ago it's was not that? that like that no, really? it is not. It's not. It's really not. It's like 2014, 2015. It's not that long ago. Um, okay. Kevin Spacey changed the way that celebrity sex scandals are, are handled because I remember when James Franco got in trouble for hitting up the 17 year old on Instagram, he went on Regis and Kelly or whatever, whoever was hosting Kelly Ripa during that time. And they talked mm. about it. Like, well, you got caught DMing, huh, James? And he was like, yep, I'll never do that again. And everybody was like, ha, 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 ha. And he was making jokes on Twitter like, uh, moms, don't don't let your daughters DM me and stuff like that. And it was like a, it just <laughs> blew over. And then Kevin Spacey came around and was like, yes, it's true. I am a gay man. And tried to completely overlook the fact it was with a 13-year-old boy that he tried to you know, force yeah. himself on top of. And the media, if you remember, the media goes, Kevin Spacey is gay. Kevin Spacey yeah. reveals himself to be gay. What and a then, fucking surprise. Woo. That's <laughs> like then, news. Late into the, the following day after they rolled out all those headlines, then they go, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Nobody's talking about the fact that this was a 13-year-old boy. He's a pedophile. Kevin Spacey's a child molester. <laughs> Kevin Spacey's well, then, trying to. But the only way that happened. Star Trek because, guy, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, no. I, that I, I was, know him oh, from or was that Brian Singer or was it Kevin Spacey that he I think, went? After? I think it was Kevin Spacey. I think it was Kevin right. Spacey. Right. The, the, so, yeah, the, the blonde guy from Star Trek. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They only saying. turned it into a story and made it convenient to become a story because uh, it conflicted with, I guess, the progressive uh, perspective, which was that, well, hold on a minute. He, he's trying to falsely equate gays with pedophiles, which is a thing they like to say is, you know, for so long, conservatives have said that gay people and pedophiles are one in the same yeah. and this and that. Yeah, and so yeah. because and you, these two things, if you approve gay up, marriage, you know, what's next dogs. Yeah. 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 That, that whole yes, narrative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so because these two things, you know, brushed each other, then it became a story. And that's what ushered out the whole me too movement, which is still right. What a crazy and well, exciting time. Did you see what happened to Tony Hitch Kinchcliffe today? Well, yes. Not what happened to him. Speaking of what's Europe, happening. Right. Yeah, back on topic. Yeah, he's abusing Asians on stage. That's what I saw. <laughs> he was very volatile, that Tony Hinch. I, I don't like that at all. I you say didn't, I cancel culture, I, accountability culture. That's what no, we're talking about here, right? No. He, I, lo I love how context doesn't matter at all. Like, as long as you say the word, I don't care what you were saying. I don't care what the context of what you're saying is. He was saying, he was giving shit to the white audience because they were laughing at the shit jokes that the Asian guy was making, which were like, oh, I'm Chinese. So I'm Chinese. Haha. <laughs> you know, like very like whatever. Uh, and he was pretty much saying, how are you fucking laughing at this C word? 
I'm not going to say yeah, it. No, just in did case. Say, well, yeah, yeah, it doesn't he, matter. Worse things whatever, have been said yeah. on the show. But yeah, yeah, I mean, but you're Chinese. My issue is, yeah, that's true. Uh, my issue is that the overreaction was because he said those words, but it's like, no, no, pay attention to what he's saying. This is all about how this Asian guy is a terrible comedian and you are laughing because you feel guilty about not laughing at something that an Asian person says because that's who's popular now in the uh, in the victimhood barrel now, right? Like that, they are, they are the main one right now. So they're ignoring the fact that every, all that he's saying is this guy sucks, why are you laughing at him? Sure, he's using language that maybe he shouldn't be using as a white guy because you can't now. But the outreach should be, why is this guy like this guy sucks? Fine, don't, I mean, I, I just don't understand the the. Sure, he said those words, and immediately let's. First of all, you can't cancel someone that doesn't depend on anyone but themselves, like him. He 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 has his own kill, kill Tony thing, and he's you can't cancel someone like that that doesn't have a. a a deal with anyone or, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know about Adrian. that. I mean, think about when they tried to cancel Anthony Fantano, right? His, his main form of income for uh, like the next year was going to be a tour that he was going to do uh, that had already started selling tickets and he was going to go bar to bar and do his thing, whatever his thing is. I think he was doing like fake rap shit. This was, this was before he turned into like what he is now. So and, that was like a righteous cancellation. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. They they wound up getting bars to cancel what he was going right. to do. So I don't know if that's entirely true. I think it depends on what you're doing. You can also get uh, the Gavin McInnes treatment, which is blackballed from everything that uses right. MasterCard, which is almost every but, every form. But I, I guess my issue is that because they immediately, of course, of because of course, they try. They had to get Joe Rogan involved in this because you know he's a Joe Rogan protege. So of course he's saying shit like this because Joe Rogan is this. So the ball is just keeps getting bigger and bigger, involving other people. And at the end of the day, you have this guy who posted this video about Tony Hinchcliffe saying no no words or being mean, so that he can get a career out of this outrage and get attention that he shouldn't get because he's not funny. So instead of putting in the work, it's like, I'm a victim now, make me someone, you know? And sure. that's, if you look at the replies, everyone is just, you know, doing pretty much that. When at the end of the day, uh, these people that get elevated like that because of reasons that have nothing to do with the work that they do last for a year or two, and then they go away never to be seen again because they are not talented. Uh, so my biggest issue is that, that they care more about him using those words that the actual context of the thing and now you know as long as you say the word and you're the incorrect color hue of skin that's it like there's no discussion about it there's nothing that can be said about that besides that you're a racist and a horrible person uh, even if you know what you were saying is not what they're implying that you did you know what i mean like yeah but he, the counterpoint uh tony hinchcliffe has a head shaped like a pencil eraser and he's not very funny. Yeah. So I don't care yeah. about his cancellation. I encourage I, it. People I, are welcome <laughs> to cancel him. Uh, we can resume the anti-cancellation talk after he's canceled. I'm fine with that. And uh, I'm, it is I'm not what a it huge is. Fan. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I just, I hate the fucking response to it because it's just. I know, but wait, listen, it's, it only becomes a thing. 
it only becomes a thing when uh, it's treated like a thing. And I, I don't know if he's made a response to it or what. Oh, no. Uh, well, but he hasn't tweeted since May, since May 4th. I'm sure that what's going to happen is he's going to do what Ari Shafir does, where he's just like, I'll just let time pass a couple of days. I won't tweet. And then I'll tweet when everyone forgot already, because that's right. how this thing moves, right? That's essentially how you have to do it. Every single yeah. attack on one of Joe Rogan's allies is always just an attack on I mean, people only go, yeah. I think, as hard on Elon Musk even. And he's because he's been uh, is because yeah. he he's he brushing elbows with Joe Rogan and he lives in Austin now. Uh, people going after Tim Dillon nowadays. I think a lot of that is probably rooted in, in Joe Rogan. Also, just the, the more famous you become, uh, you know, the more enemies you're going to create and the more two dimensional you're going to wind up looking to people. Yeah. I mean, I've I've said things about Tim Dillon before, but all things considered, I think he's fine. So he's yeah. not, he's certainly not in the Tony Hinchcliffe tier. Not at all. I don't, I don't understand why he has a career whatsoever. He's a guy like Brian Redband, who's just seems talentless to me and not very funny. That's my opinion anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the, um, what do you call it? The, that group, um, death stroke. Death stroke. <laughs> what is it? Death stroke. What is it? Death, no, death you're right. squad. Sure, you're right. Death yeah. squad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where they're just comics that are kind of funny but i think you know what i think i think he should step down from his show and they should replace him with bowen yang kill tony <laughs> kill bowen kill, kill bowen kill yang <laughs> a lot of people want to kill yang right now i think anyway yeah i like yang i think he's all right i'll vote for yang hey uh any any other thoughts on you're the dragon uh let me see my notes are here um oh yeah uh so to, because I was thinking of a metaphor or how I could explain the reason why I didn't like Mickey work in this role. Uh, and it, it felt like if I was watching a movie about the Fantastic Four starring Ben Grimm, <laughs> where you get the fourth best character to be the main character. So he's not very deep and it kind of sucks, but he's the main guy. Uh, he felt like that to me, where... Uh, he wasn't like first choice main character. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I, I, I couldn't connect with him and it felt like, yeah, like it, he was like a secondary character that he elevated to main guy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it that way at all. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I, I, maybe it's because I have a different context for Mickey Rourke than you have because you yeah. haven't seen many of his films. So, I mean, yeah. he, he just, he, he oozes leading man in, in every way. Um, I don't know. The Wrestler is very good, though. We should eventually do a yeah. show on that. I think that movie has also aged very well, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to a lot of Best Picture nominees, which, you know, obviously within a year or two, you're kind of like, I, I mean, I guess I understand why it was nominated for the year it was, but I also understand why nobody's watching it or talking about it. Well, so as also compared to the rest of Aronofsky's filmography, that's probably the one that holds up the best. Too. God, well, uh, maybe. I mean, I think... Look, that was kind of a swan song for Mickey Rourke and Darren Aronofsky. I don't think Darren Aronofsky made anything. Oh, hold on. Black Swan is no, all right, right? Noah. <laughs> right, right. Noah. I, I think his doing Black Swan wound up making him think, all right, well, maybe I can go more conceptual and I'll do Noah Mother. and I'll do Mother and I'll do all these terrible movies. Nobody no, like it just makes a joke of his career before that. But uh, I'm, I mean, I've watched Requiem for a Dream. I've watched Pi somewhat recently. I think both. I haven't. I actually haven't seen The Fountain. Okay. But I think Pi and uh, Requiem for a Dream are, you know, exquisitely 
edited and have great visual style to them that make them very watchable. Requiem for a Dream is basically like a 90 minute music video yeah. with Jared Leto and Marlon Wayans. I think it's a great film, uh, but The Wrestler is obviously, um, I think, far above any of his movies. I think it's top of the list. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I really thought that he did more movies. So I don't know why. Um, but yeah, Pi, Requiem for a Dream, Fountain, Wrestler, Black Swan, and then Noah. And uh, he's doing The Whale, uh, a reclusive English teacher suffering from severe obes obesity who attempts oh. to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. This is the starring, new Mickey Rourke movie. I, it sounds it's like starring Brandon Fraser. Wow. That sounds that's like fat. a joke. That's, that's a fab in a pressure, I guess. That's that. That I, sounds I, great. I'm yeah. on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sounds so much better than anything he's done in a while. I'm all it's, right. Uh, it's written by, okay, uh, the guy that wrote uh, or one of the writers for Baskets, that's Sagalipanakis show. A okay. very odd comedy, which is, it's, 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 it's all right for what I've seen. All right, that, that sounds like it has some promise to it. Yeah. I, I, he, I mean, Darren Aronofsky seems like he kind of hit 40 and started spiraling. That's when he started dating Jennifer Lawrence and he got big into science. Like there's this, the, I've talked about it before, but the, the interview with William Friedkin where they're talking to one another, kind of like uh, what Friedkin and Refn were doing. And Friedkin right. is a very confrontational character in his old age because he's like 85 and he was just like grilling him about what he believes and why he would make mother and Noah if he doesn't believe in Christianity. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds it's, great it's because he's such a grumpy old man. I mean, he's always been, even, even when he wasn't old, right? He's always been very like hard-headed and very like me. Like I'm this guy and I don't give a fuck yeah. if you like well, it. I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't even think it comes from a place of grumpiness, but it's definitely a place of volatility. Mm. It's like, I don't, I don't think there's any like, malice behind it but he's kind of like sadistic like he enjoys shredding right. people a little you know Which, good good for him <laughs> made him a great director <laughs> yeah firing I mean, a gun you... behind people's heads and, and pushing them and ruining their back that's part yeah, of what yeah, makes yeah, a yeah. Great director. Just, i'm not we're not gonna push you hard and then you have to bring the ambulance because you're hurting yeah um <laughs> but I, I mean i i I, I can really respect getting to that point of life where you're successful enough and your body of work is good enough where you can just be like, who's this Aronofsky guy? Who's this fucking Brooklyn douchebag? Yeah, I'm not going to respect him at all. I'm just going to ask him difficult questions that he's bullshit fucking 3,000 words that say nothing won't be able to, you know, uh, distract me from right. the and fact his, that he's not interview, saying anything. His interview with Refn is the same way and he's... I think probably harsher. Like he takes a more Aronofsky's a very passive guy, whereas Refin gets high on his own farts, <laughs> yeah. and they they start talking about uh, you know the legacy of Drive, and it's like you know Refin's talking about Drive like he didn't even direct it, like it's Citizen Kane. He's like, yes, Drive uh, will be a classic that lives for the ages. And Friedkin is like, well, we we won't know about Drive for another thirty years. And reference like, yeah, we'll know in another 30 seconds. It's it's a, a magical <laughs> classic movie. And Friedkin is just like, he's so sick of him. He's so tired of, of reference. Oh, he does like the gym from the office stare into the camera. Okay. That sounds great. I kind of want to see that. Now. Yeah. he's. I could watch our, I mean, some directors are very boring. Aronofsky's a boring guy. But Friedkin, Orson Welles, uh, you know, you can watch hours of these guys talk about anything. And uh, uh, it's captivating. Trader, 
Paul yep. Schrader is Paul, another Paul one. Paul Schrader is good for Facebook posts, not really interviews. There's a, there's actually a very good uh, documentary on Criterion Channel by Alex Ross Perry on Paul Schrader that I Are you, are you telling me that if you could get him on this show, you wouldn't? I would love to get Paul Schrader. Oh, he he dude, might be the, this... now that you've said it, that might be the number one like guest to get on the show. I wonder if he'd do it too. It's just, I just want to make him talk. You know, it's just like poke him. Just know exactly where to poke so that he just goes off. Uh, you say women. Yeah. Women, Paul. What kind of women you like? And that's that's going to be the show. What do you think about men in Hollywood <laughs> now? <laughs> uh, the documentary on Paul Schrader ends great, too. And it it puts a lot of his Facebook posts into context where it's like he has this legendary career. He's working on Dying of the Light and then First Reformed. And then he's just like old in a bathrobe, taking Ambien and typing at his computer. Like, I got in trouble today for posting this on Facebook. I've been <laughs> using great. Ambien for three years to go to sleep. Total Roseanne. He's not even that on. old. How old? Is, well, he's like 70, right? Like Don He's Ed. pretty old. He's pretty old. Yeah. Uh, anyway, You're the Dragon. I think it's a terrific detective film from the 1980s. Hans, not his cup of tea, really. Or half of yeah. it is his cup of tea. Half of it, the the Asian part was my cup of tea. Yes. His personal part, I, so one hour. I care less. Yeah. Glad his wife died. That's what I think you said before the show. I hope she's Glad dead she in real life. <laughs> Glad she got her throat cut for having that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> having that fucking haircut throughout the movie. She deserved it. <laughs> Were there really any portrayals of corrupt police force like this prior to this movie? That's not something that was really popular in the 70s or 60s. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think it was much of an element uh, in, in, you know, pre-New Hollywood. Well, they were still portrayed as heroes, right? Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of detective. I think you posted uh, an image of Cop that uh, James... Oh, yeah. James yeah. That was, that was a movie that got... So I watched this, I think... I might have ordered it on uh, Amazon Prime for two ninety nine or something. And then... Uh, I think the same day what came up was this Amazon prime has been acquiring some weird movies lately to just throw out there for free. And it was cop, which was a movie I never heard of before. This was back in February and it's a 1988 James Woods uh, film that I think is based on a James Elroy novel. And James Woods is another one of these guys where, and he might be the best at this at being an unlikable character, but being so charismatic that he's, you can. completely watchable for the entire duration, no matter how big of a piece of shit he is in the movie. Well, he's supposed to be unlikable. Like right. the, his actions are unlikable, but he's so charismatic that you're like, ah, well, he's being kind of a shit, but it makes sense. You know, you kind of go with him no matter what, just because right. of how much. You, same with, uh, with uh, I always forget his fucking name, The Gambler. Um, oh, uh, James Caan. Yes, yeah. Those two, to me, are like two of my favorites from the 80s just because they're so watchable. It yeah. doesn't matter where you put them. Like, they're, they'll make your movie, you know, worth watching just by their performance. You want to talk about uh, bad lines to end the movie on? I don't even know if it's really bad, but it was like, wow, okay, this is very of the time. Cop ends with uh, James Woods. He's got, you know, his man, and he's got a shotgun. And uh, the guy's like, oh, so I know you're a cop. You got to take me in. James Woods you know he's got the shotgun he's on like the roof of a car like this he's like you're right so the good news is you're right i am a cop and i have to take you in but the bad news is in peace i don't give a fuck oh. Oh. and then cut okay. to black but 
that was the end of the movie. That was cop. See, but that's James Wood, so so fine. I, I can go with that. Yeah, that makes sense for him to be an asshole. But when you have Mickey Rourke saying, but I'm that line, good, but would, I you, would I mean, what would you think if uh, you know, what if, uh, what if, uh, what was it? What was a recent crime film? What if the Irishman ended on that note? I, I don't know how the Irishman ends, so that's a bad example. With, <laughs> I've with never sleepy Robert De Niro, it. he's sitting in a chair taking a nap, and he says, "I don't give a fuck." He, says, <laughs> he shits his pants, and that's the end of the movie. Yes, yeah, he's holding his flip flops as a as a machine gun. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And he shits himself. Uh, I think, I think those lines work uh, if the character says shit like that throughout the movie like if it's something that's part of the character that cheesy like that i can roll with it when they come out of nowhere and the character hasn't shown any type of cheese in it like that throughout the movie and then they just use it as a as a food end for the movie that's when it's kind of like why like, that's such the- an 80s th- they didn't really do that yeah. in the 90s mm-hmm. that was a lethal weapon yeah. that was every cop movie they all had lines lines that you remember. high five yeah. High five at the end of the movie and just hold hands or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Running yeah, on the yeah, beach yeah. with tight shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Boxing just, match. And slapping each other's chests. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. That that's been uh that's been our episode on Year of the Dragon. It is a, a great film if you listen to my opinion. It's an okay film if you listen to Hans's opinion. So uh anyway, that that's that's been the show. Thank you for watching and listening.